I was then later during those years uh, diagnosed with chronic depression. I tried to end my life by drinking um, pills. The, the second time you tried to take your life, was it for the same reasons? So much more happened in your life as if that's, that's not enough. Mm. There's no easier way of saying this, Mrs. Laila. You've got breast cancer. So the day you find out you have cancer is the day you found peace? Is the day I found peace. My, psych my, my psychologist says to me, do you understand that you're going to lose a body part? You're going to mm. lose a breast. Hello there and welcome to St. TV. This is I've Been Through the Most podcast with myself, Innocent. And myself, Millicent. And we're joined by an amazing queen to come and tell her story today. Her name is Kia Leboha. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Oh, okay, so in brief, uh, like you've said, my name is Kia Leboha and Tlaila is my surname. So when people ask me that, um, I usually say that I am a child of God before anything. So the Bible says we must seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto him. So uh, in essence, I'm his child and things like husband have been added to me. <laughs> children, <laughs> children have been added to me. Sisters. Uh, colleagues, so I'm all that, and I also see myself as a community builder uh, simply because of what I have gone through. Okay, what have you gone through? <laughs> uh, okay. So, my story dates back long ago around 2012. I lost mm. my mom, um, and I would then have depression. Uh, I was then later during those years uh, diagnosed with chronic depression. Um, I'm not yet ready to talk about uh, exactly what was happening in my life at that time, mm -hmm. but I cannot divorce it from uh, what I'm going to talk about today. So yeah. I will simply have to speak about the depression. So depression for me looks like I'm skinny. I've lost weight rather. Uh, I don't want to be around people. I'm avoiding my friends. I'm always crying. Then in 2017, I think about around about July, uh, I tried to end my life by drinking um, pills. Um, then uh, I would be admitted in a psychiatric ho uh, hospital or ward rather, uh, where I was um, then... So, so this is after they found you... Um, yes. After, after the, trying. The attempt, yeah. uh, so attempt. then who would take you to the family or the hospital immediately after admitting you? I remember an ambulance was called because my husband was out of town. So um, that's that's how they found me. Okay. Um, with depression, you also have that cry. So you would, people that try to commit uh, suicide usually then call someone. So you okay. wanna die, but you want to let someone know that I'm dying. Okay. So I'd call, I'd call a lady, and she would then inform my husband of what I had attempted to, to, to do. So then I'm taken to hospital. I'm there for my three weeks. Uh, I think around the last two days, I had a stomach bug because of Dijotokospetele. And then um, I decided uh, that no man, because I've had this lump uh, that has been going on, it's growing. And my husband says it's from 2014 that I, I started complaining about the lump. But okay, before we get to the lump, um, let's talk about the depression. 
chronic depression versus just somebody that just struggles with depressions or suffers from depression? What is the difference? Are you then put on medication like chronic medication where you need to take for the rest of your life? Or, or how does it yes, work? Yeah, so that's right. That's how I OD'd. Uh, I had to, I was living literally on meds, on anti-anxiety, antidepressants and sleeping tablets. And that's what I would drink. Um, so I, I don't know the medical science of it, but mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that the chronic depression means that I cannot live, it, live without. without it on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I needed the medication okay. to, to just to let me cope with the world. Okay. okay. So you spoke about the, your, your first attempt to try and take your life. Is, is it the, the second time you tried to take your life? Was it for the same reasons? Yes, it was. And did you try and take pills again or did you try a different I, method I, of I, taking I your life? I the same method. That's why I, I think it's also a cry for help. Mm. Because you'd think that the first time it wouldn't work, why don't I use something else? Mm. So you want to die, but you still, yeah, like you're on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you now obviously diagnosed um how was that for your family you know what are the conversations with with your husband to say you know how can i help you what was your life like mm-hmm. after that because of course there are traumas not just for you but for the family as well because this is a person that you loved yeah, you, and they all now you it. know exactly now you know mm-hmm. what they wanted to do how's life how's adjusting to life after that i think i was so blessed that i had my family with me mm-hmm. and their patience mm-hmm. because after drinking the medication, your senses, like, your emotions become, like, um, controlled. Um, mm. You you can't express yourself the way you would. But I think because of the type of family that I have, they were just so supportive um, of me. And uh, the type of relationship that I have with God, I think that also sustained me uh, during that transition that we had. But I was very sad. I was very absent. Um, I think my my husband had to mother and father the kids. That's how mm-hmm. distraught I was. How how dark it was for me. Um, yeah. So those were really dark years. Sure. You mentioned something about how the medication made you feel, right? Because mm. obviously afterwards you live on medication that it sort of suppressed your feelings yes. and you're unable to express yourself. Part of the side effects for you know this chronic medication that you're taking. You are almost not yourself, obviously, because it's like balanced emotions. But did you feel like that helped you in terms of progressing to where you needed to be? Or it sort of held you back because you are sort of in this flight mode almost. Yeah, It helped me in the sense that I could cope Mm. um, with the world in the world. It felt better. Mm. It felt better. I could try to smile with my friends and Mm. with my colleagues. But at night, obviously, everything just comes back. So in that sense of the word, okay. even though I felt crappy, but I could still pretend to, you know, I would still yeah. try to smile. Mm. Okay. Then years followed. So much more happened in your life as if that's that's not enough. Mm. Take us through that. So the, like I was saying earlier, so mm. I am um, I'm, uh, admitted in the hospital for depression issues. And on this particular day, like I said, I felt sick. I had a stomach bug. And uh, I decided, no, let me just go have the bug checked out. And then I remembered, oh, and there's this little the lump. Yes. So uh, my doctor's like, how old are you? I'm like 32. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll do a biopsy. Meaning that they take a needle and they extract mess 
out of uh, the lamp, the lamp. Mm. Yes. to test it. To test it. But he's like, are ah, you still young? You guys have a, a history yeah, cancer at home. I'm like, no, we don't. And he's like, oh, there's, then there's nothing to worry about. But just to put you at ease, we'll test it. And then, then I would then be discharged. I'm happy uh, at that particular time, um, energized. And the doctors call me, Hore, we've got your results back. And a friend of mine says to me, let's go together. I'm like, ah, Chubby, there's no way I can have cancer. Me, no, I'll go alone. Mm. But it doesn't click to me. Why would he call me and come? Come, come to the consultant. Yes, because he could have just told me right the phone. Yes, yeah. you know, and um, and I just left it, and I I went there alone, and so I get to sit there, and he says, "There's no easier way of saying this, Mrs. Laila. You've got breast cancer," and I'm like, "Oh, okay," hmm. and the peace of the Lord just came down. I'm like, "What does that mean?" Hmm. He says, "Stage two B, I think, yeah." So what does that mean? So he says, no, it has spread to your lymph nodes under your left uh, arm. So I'm like, oh, okay, so what is the treatment? And he says, no, but I, I think because you're a depression patient, it's better we to the psychologist, consult, you know, uh, speak to your husband. And I'm like, no, this is not my husband's body. Uh, mm. I'm not going for any second opinion. I want you to tell me what is the a medical solution. plan? Correct. What are we yeah. doing now? Um, that's when I knew I wanted to live. You would have mm. thought at that time, I would have said, oh, thank God, finally. Finally, finally I've been yes. trying. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, that's when peace came. Mm. That day I knew peace. I knew I had to fight. So the day you find out you have cancer is the day you found peace. It's the day I found peace. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and then I went out of that place knowing that and after a few weeks, I'm going to get a mastectomy, meaning that my left breast had to be removed. And he says... Wait. So two weeks after you find out? Yes. Actually that's postponed That's how fast it. it was moving. That's that's how fast it was moving. I told him, I said, <laughs> we need a date. And he couldn't understand my reaction. He even called my psychologist to say, your patient, one my Is she okay? Is yeah. <laughs> she okay? Because, and my, psych, my, my psychologist says to me, do you understand that you're going to lose a body part? You're going to mm. lose a breast? I'm like, yeah, but it will always remind me of how good God is. Come on. And what I can actually go through. Mm. And that's when I also decided, bump implants. And I'm like, no, I'm not going that route. So I knew when I, came out of those consulting rooms that I would uh, first get uh, the mastectomy done, removing the breast. I would then have to heal, then chemo, then radiation. So that was my plan. Okay. So it, it differs from person to person. Mm -hmm. So it can be the other way around for you. So then I went then uh, after a couple, then I went to the car. That's when I started crying. I've got cancer. But I think it's a, also a good thing that I didn't go with my friend because maybe she would have broken down. I would have yes, broken down. Yes. The that atmosphere of, you know, disappointment. and, and But you had to be uh, level-headed at that moment yes. and make decisions that are obviously going to benefit you in the and future. And then she broke down. And, and then, then she broke yeah. down. Then when I got to the car, I started calling everyone. Mm. I've got cancer. People say second opinions. I'm like, no, I'm not going for it. I've got a plan. I know what I'm going to do. And I remember, um, I think it was a friend or my husband. I had the whole road. I think it was my sister. I had to actually talk to her so that she could actually know that I'm home safe. So so that would be how I found out about um, the cancer. Sure. 
Whew. And your husband, who obviously noticed the lump like years before, um, yeah. how was that news for him? Because he he felt guilty. He felt that he should have pushed me to go and check it, checked hmm. it out. I think that's yeah, that's the guilt. He just felt bad about the lump because apparently I did talk about it, but I don't I don't remember complaining about a lump. But uh, yeah, he he always says he should have he should have pushed me to to get it checked out. But how big was the lump when you found it? So that we sort of like understand, because I think, you know, when you don't do your research with breast cancer, like, oh, get it's a lump. Sometimes a small lump, which most people ignore is like, okay, no, you know. But is it like, are there sizes that, that, that can concern you as a woman if you do find a lump of a certain size or if it feels weird or is there pain, is there what? Just so that we sort of show those alarming signs. Yeah, with me. So I think the reason why it alarmed me at some point. It's because it was growing. I could feel that it's mm. growing, but it was not painful. I think that's another reason why mm. I stayed so long with mm. it. So it was nothing. It was not disturbing me in any way. So painless. I could just, it was painless. So I could feel how this thing is growing. But uh, yeah, so uh, it was growing, but it wasn't a big lump. Okay. Yeah. And you spoke about something very interesting of a Millicent is that, um, yes, this was the, beginning of a new journey for you but for something like your depression that you've been suffering with for so many years all of a sudden it stopped mm. it stopped immediately because of the breast cancer but I want us I want you to take us through the psychological journey of that mm. like what happened why do you think there was a, a, a shift. sudden shift mm. I think uh, because depression you can't touch it with mm. your hands uh, I can always drink the meds and pretend to be happy. That is a picture of depression. And then I, I would now picture the stories and movies I've, I'd seen of people losing their hair, how I've seen people on websites losing weight and fighting this thing. And I thought, this is now physical. Now, Mudimu, now I have to fight. Because maybe there I was crying for attention. But now death is at the doorstep. Mm -hmm. So from then, then I'd have that mind shift. Oh God, I have to fight now. And I, I think that's what, yeah, that's what put the depression on the back seat. I would then decide that I'm dealing with this monster. Depression can wait. So are you still on the chronic medication for depression? depression. No, 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 no. So like it was, oh no, my I God. Stopped, I stopped immediately when I got the cancer diagnosis. I knew I was going to, I'm fighting a different day of <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I, stopped, I find that I so interesting. Mm. Honestly, Same. I really find that interesting that you you had something else to focus on and immediately the depression went because you didn't have something that consumed all of your time or where your headspace is at or you know like it's I think it's there's such a, a, a little line between it's a mm. bittersweet moment. Yes, it is. You like am am I happy that I'm not depressed anymore? But also I'm not happy that I have the cancer, but that shift for me is just is just incredible. fascinating. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's, it really is fascinating. Where are you now? What's what's your journey like? What's what's the process? So I, I went through the uh, mastectomy as I'd indicated a mm. few months later, or weeks rather, six weeks later. I would start with um, what I call um, if you, I'm a Motswana girl. Okay. Mm. So if Motswana, you know the hymn Morena. Hmm. So I had that bargaining moment with God during the chemo. This is where I'd lost the weight, the hair. The trauma of losing the hair was the worst. 
Um, this is when I was being fed and clothed. And I said to God, God, you remember when I was a little girl, I had liked talking and I wanted to talk. <laughs> this is what I'm going to talk about. Aww. So if you pull me through this, then I promise you every platform that is aligned to your will, I'll definitely talk about how good mm. you are. So it would be during that time. You wouldn't believe during that time I'm doing my degree in communication. Mm. And my doctor and my, my, my lecturer are like, no, but there's no need. Why would that do to finish this? There's no need to finish this. We can always postpone. And I said, no. So I found coping mechanisms. Mm. My nephew had to literally, I, I went to class just to get the books. My nephew would then teach me what I learned. Sure. And he would drill it in me because that's Could what I told him. you physically fit to be sitting in a classroom? Uh, the thing is, um, the chemo brain, you, I for, I'm very forgetful even now. So I've got co uh, ways of coping. So he would like drill it in me and remind me and everything. And he would reteach me the same thing many, many mm. times. Uh, that's then I would then graduate in record yeah, time. fights are hey? I fought. Yeah. I fought. And Love coming it. to think about it, why would I fight for a degree that I'm not going to use? So I thought to myself, it means I need this qualification. Mm -hmm. yes. Because why, why would I fight? Uh, yeah, I fought for that. Mm. <laughs> I fought for my, for my qualification. So I went through that. Then I went through radiation. Um, radiation is basically where they take, there's a beam of light uh, that kills cancer cells. So mm -hmm. they were trying to kill the cancer cells that might be left behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I went through that. That would be a month uh, process. A month sure. process. So I went through all of that. And then after that, then the doctor says to me, now you're on remission, you're certified uh, remission. So what does that mean? It means that I go to biannual checkups. So even till today, I'm going to biannual checkups where I do a mastectomy, I get scans done, tests, everything. So it means you no don't cancer. have... No, there's no cancer. There's no signs of cancer, but you have to keep getting checked like yes. often, okay, annually. And, and I'm on chronic medication for that. So every day I drink a pill. So uh, my every day, every day I drink a pill. Yeah. So uh, my remission was supposed to end now, uh, but when I went back to the to my oncologist, he explains to me that research has shown that women my age, it's better to be on remission for ten years to continue. To continue. Okay. So now I'm continuing for another five years. So that is where I am now, and every opportunity I get um, to enlighten people about the disease I do. Obviously, it's not a medical point of view. Mm. It's more of a, an emotional and psychological and point of view. And a personal one. Personal. Been through and it. I yeah. think when you hear it from someone who's had yes, it, it's absolutely. different yeah. mm -hmm. than when you just read articles, yes. stats. I don't read stats. I don't know the stats. It's a, it's a cancer. I mm. refuse to do that because I don't want to lose hope. Mm. I don't want to. I love that. I don't want mm. to worry about being that percentage that doesn't make mm. it. Mm. So I don't know those stats. Um, I think the only one that I know is that one in 26 women in South Africa or around the world has, has breast cancer. What Let's talk about the hair, story. girl. <laughs> the hair, that's Muriri Tswana, girl. <laughs> you have beautiful hair, by the oh, way. And you. you're beautiful. I couldn't it's believe absolutely. how old she is because I thought she's like 25. I wish. She's like in her late 30s. And I think you are gorgeous. So, so beautiful. Thank you. That's so humbling. So you mentioned that you were not even worried about like 
you know, losing your, breast. losing your breast and any other thing. You're worried about losing your hair. You're, you're like, like, don't touch my hair. Not my hair. <laughs> my hair should not fall you out. Know, you remember, uh, with even my oncologist, he could see I was so worried about the hair. I think he was just consoling me. He's like, no, yeah. some people don't lose their hair. And I would go in that with a positive spirit that I'm yes. not going to lose my hair. I'm going to be some people. And when the hair started falling off, how to in the morning, you see it on, on the, the pillow. pillow. Oh, you, you. That was so traumatizing. And my husband said, no, shave it off. Just take control of the situation, shave it off. Because otherwise you're going to be depressed. Every day. Mm-hmm. Every, that was the most depressing. Mm. You'd think that because hair is going to grow back, I'll be like, I, I'll deal with this later. Mm. Breasts, or there's wigs or, or there's something. Wigs, or yeah. the pugu, uh, breasts can't grow back. But I was never worried about that. I think it's how we defined beauty growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you see, I've got rich hair. So when, when mm-hmm. it was relaxed, people would be like, Oh, man, relax. So to me, hair was beauty. Yes. That yeah. is how, since I was a little girl, that's what people have always told me. Society made me to believe that because of, because of your hair. Mm-hmm. Yes. So did you lose your hair? Yes, I yes, did. did. So, did you re- so your ha- this is new hair? This is fresh, fresh hair. I, I think it's wow. two and a half. Yeah. I'm thinking she never cut her hair. No. I know. She said and it was falling off, yes. Then the and husband said just shave it off. Yes, so that, and yeah. so you did shave it and off. And I shaved it off. And then after that, I would, I think about two and a half years, I can do like a brush. Okay. I think this is two and a half years old. This wow. is when I decided, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow my hair. Beautiful hair. But I'm sure you still felt confident even with the short hair. Yeah, I saw the corners of my head. I'm like, I'm actually pretty. <laughs> I look like my dad, you uh, know. So I had to go through that also. It's a mm. lesson. Either way. Yeah. Uh, whether I've got hair or not, whether I've got breasts or not, whether society thinks I'm beautiful or not, I it is me inside. It didn't change the person that I was. And yeah. So I, I learned to I, I learned to embrace my head. Mm. I needed to do that also. And you've yeah. got the most amazing hair. She it's does. so rich. It's just like So wow. what are some of the lessons that you have learned throughout this entire journey? Um, to tell people exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those when I was sick, I didn't want visitors. I didn't want people in my face calling me all the time, but, you know, asking me, how are you? What are you doing, friend? Can we come? No, I, I had to now learn how to hold the boundaries. Mm. And I would say, no, my friend, it's fine. You can text me a Bible verse once in a while. I don't want people coming into my space. So I had to put myself first. Hold how Millie feels about me not wanting her around. It's, uh, it, was, it wasn't mm. my place because mm. that is what I need. I needed to be alone. So that that is that is what what that's the lesson that I learned. I think that's the biggest lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm today able to say what I want and what I don't want. And obviously, in all of that, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't have done it without God. I needed to go deeper in in my relationship with Him. Yes. Yes. I think I went off the socials, and it was time. Like I said earlier, I had to mm. talk to Him, begging and whatever. I remember even when COVID came, I said to Him, God, and I've been more locked down. There's no way I'm gonna get COVID. Mm. Until today, I don't, I've never had COVID because wow. I have been through my lockdown. Because I said my body's yes. been through the worst. Mm. Why now? COVID, and He has kept His end of the bargain. Mm. Um, I I I answer COVID, so yeah, my relationship with God that was the biggest relationship. Um, lesson of it all. You. Yeah, I love that. What a nice way of closing it off. 
Absolutely. I think we all need that. And I think you couldn't have said it better. You know, and I think we can all relate in those moments where you really feel like you cannot accept anyone in your life. But that's also a great opportunity for you to get closer to God mm, yeah. and to really just find um, that common ground and have those tough conversations. Yeah. And today you're standing here, you're bold, you're brave, you're courageous, and um, you're definitely an inspiration. And I'm so grateful that we got to document your story, you know, yeah. for so many other people who need it mm. and who might not have the strength that you, you have today. But from this episode they will be impacted positively thank you so much Kia we really appreciate it oh what another incredible episode um she did say that through her pain she found her purpose um she made a promise to god that you get me through this i will tell my story i will testify and i know for a fact you at home listening or watching i inspired and can find so many great lessons to learn from the story from myself, Innocent, and myself, Millicent, and our awesome guest, Galib Hugs. Bye yeah. for now. <laughs>